Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode number 241. We're discussing our listener choice retro review, G.I. Joe Retaliation. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm Cobra Commander. Hey, you certainly are, Mario. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> we are here alongside Sanjay's mustache to review G.I. <laughs> Joe retaliation this is our listener choice retro review once a quarter we put a vote to you guys we pick four movies you guys choose which one we review and this quarter it is gi joe retaliation courtesy of grabs and the joe nation guys very excited to get back to a movie review and to review something that is a little outside that box and really leaning on and embracing the beyond aspect of the nerd room that we have instituted here over the last six months or so so guys gi joe it's seen a nice reinvigoration across the community across the toys hasbro has really been showing their love for the joes with the retro figures with the six inch line that is quite quite on fire and has got carlos and maybe even troy a little itchy around there so a lot of great buzz around joe lately so this is a very fitting review chosen by joe here by the goddamn batman as the retro film review for this week beating out super mario brothers beating out rocky and the lost world jurassic park so guys here it is gi joe retaliation big review coming at you in just a couple of minutes because we just got a few house cleaning items here at the top Guys, we've got our Get Vocal live stream happening this coming Friday, October 23rd. And we're going to be talking about Holy Grail collectibles, items that we have been lusting after, whether it's years, days, months, whatever. We're going to be talking about those in great amount of detail. I want you guys to interact with us. That's why we use that platform. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to be talking Holy Grail collectibles. I actually grabbed one of mine this week. Very excited to talk to it on get vocal troy you've got something special that just entered into your nerd room it's gonna be very fitting for next week's episode because it's all about the mandalorian guys mandalorian is coming at us in just a few weeks week and a half or so october 30th that is dropping and we're gonna be doing a big prelude episode next week covering everything from that recent trailer that dropped to our anticipation and excitement level for the next foray into the world of the mandalorian and our next big star wars premiere so very exciting guys that's all happening next week and even this week with the Get Vocal. But this week, guys, episode 241, we're talking G.I. Joe Retaliation. And we're just going to jump straight into it, guys. This movie came out in 2013, so we're going full spoilers. If you've not seen it, it's probably okay. You can still listen to this because it's not an overly dense or complex movie. It's a fun movie. It's a G.I. Joe. It's a DJ, early DJ movie. So, guys, let's jump straight into into the review for this week and the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about our personal connections to the joe franchise now it did make its its big debut with the action figures three three quarter inch action figures is when it really found its success in the early 80s there in 1982 they paired this up like they did with turtles a few years later they did a television miniseries caught fire comic books all that so this really broke ground there using this and pioneering this tactic of pairing toys tv shows and comics together to create a massive franchise fast forward a couple decades and we're here with a joe film universe now troy my dude bring us in and up to date us with your connection to the joe franchise you and i are almost the same age 
And I have a feeling I know where your connection is, but let's talk a bit about your personal experiences with this franchise. Yeah, man, it's it's pretty small, to be honest. I mean, um, in my household growing up as a kid, there was always, you know, the Ghostbusters or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, the superheroes, Marvel, DC. Um, but there was always like the odd few Joes. Um, I did have a couple older brothers, too, so I don't know if they messed around with them. They must have, but they were just kind of always around. But I never really got into them. Actually, the Transformers was another one that I definitely dug with. But the Joes maybe is the cartoon series a little later on that I'd kind of see. Um, I know when I was a little bit older, quite a bit older, about high school, um, there was a lot of um, – I don't think they were YouTube, but there's a lot of like funny kind of parody clips of the G.I. Joes being kind of redubbed with – some funny content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's probably like the most um, G.I. Joe stuff that I really got into because it's just a great laugh. Uh, and then the movies. The movies came out and I never messed with them. I was aware of the actors and actresses, but I never really got into the Joes. I always liked the idea of them, um, but I was never a big army military dude. It was always more of like the robots or the sci-fi or the superheroes that I was chasing. Not so much the... Uh, the, the the commandos or their or their or the GI Joe is really so um this is all new to me man but you know it's it's grabs it's GI grabs that's been <laughs> yeah. getting me into um this um this franchise because his love for the Joes and much like everybody out there with Twitter Greg their love for something kind of makes me intrigued of mm-hmm. uh of, of their interest right so um this new line that's come out recently of Hasbro their first ever I think it's the first ever six inch line of the GI Joes some of the bucks, man, some of those things have gotten me kind of interested in this line. One of them in particular has definitely been Snake Eyes. And I did pick up a Red Ninja, I believe. But um, seeing, you know, Grabs and I think even Kyle, too, out there that have been, you know, going after these, um, these uh, the Cobras. Those guys are, are kind of cool. So that's kind of had my interest. But um, I've never really taken that full leap into uh, Joe's until until last night, man. Until I popped in uh, the sequel, soft reboot, uh, GI Joe Retaliation. So I, I'm a new guy, man. I'm new with this. I'm new with this property. Well, it's interesting because I, I think that it brings a nice perspective to this. As and it's funny because it's probably one of the few franchises that I wouldn't consider most of us well versed in. Because mm-hmm. I kind of sit in the same spot as you. And it's interesting you say that it's something that you think you should be interested in, but you just never connected to. Yeah. And I'm the exact same way. I like the idea. I like the appeal of it. But what's got me intrigued, like you, yeah. is the interest and the buzz around the community. Yes. And the love and passion that goes towards that. It's it's infectious to a degree, right? Definitely. And and this is what's got me excited to review this. Now, how about you, Carlos? You, you are our senior just a, just a tiny bit. Was the G.I. Joe, the real American hero, the TV show from the early 80s, the action figures, three and three quarter inch, where's your connection point to this franchise and how does that extend out into into adult worlds or into even, you know, potential collecting? Yeah, no, I grew up kind of on the tail end of G.I. Joe um, with the three and three quarter inch action figures. And I think I got into it kind of like that second or third season of the show. But it was it was one of those where it's like Transformers was always my first love growing up and superpowers, but superpowers are on the way out. And then Transformers are always kind of expensive for my family. But G.I. Joe was something that my parents saw me watching or my mom specifically. So with them being cheaper and more accessible, like I'd get the odd G.I. Joe here or there or it was something that like my petty allowance could afford me to buy one or two of the figures type of thing so 
yeah, and I between watching the show after school, and it was just it was just the timing of those things, right? Like you'd be able to watch three quarters of a Transformers episode in the morning before you got had to go and catch the bus, but you get to watch the full episode of GI Joe after school kind of thing. So, yeah, I I was in pretty deep with the with the show GI Joe, and I dabbled in the comics a little bit. But I I love the toys, and I had a few of them. But I had friends with some pretty cool pieces. Like I remember the one kid in the cul-de-sac behind us. He actually had like the aircraft carrier, Ooh, and his flag. parents. Yeah, and his parents would bring it in every once in a while and set it up in the living room because that was the only place that was big enough to contain this thing and whatnot. But uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I I do have a, a deep affinity for a few of those Joes. And I got to admit, like as I was watching the movie on Saturday night and drinking and texting <laughs> with grabs a little bit, and I, I did at one point in time have snake eyes in my cart. <laughs> I, I like to call that the the tip tip click click. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So like he was there, and then I was like, "Well, can't be alone. I got to get Cobra Commander." And then like <laughs> before I knew it, there was like Cobra Commander in there, and like two of the Cobra Troopers. And then I was like poking around for like to see if they had the Cobra Vipers, and I was just like, "No, this is a dangerous place to be." So out they all went, and uh, <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see. Maybe if I find some of the ones that I like in hand, it'll be good. But for now, it's been safe. Like I've run into Pimp Destro and <laughs> Gung Ho and Duke and Scarlet. Those guys, whatever. They never did it for me even when I was a little kid kind of thing. But we get into some barbecue or Dusty or Snake Eyes himself. I don't know. I might have a little more of a problem. Uh, holding holding myself back. <laughs> the focus is strong, man. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Man, it's it's all Uncle Todd. If Uncle Todd wasn't delivering, I I might have I might have broke, but uh, he he set the bar pretty high. Yep. So despite being a ninja, old Snake Eyes couldn't clear it today when my boy was gonna hook me up. So nah. <laughs> what what about kind of the modern experience with Joe? Like coming into these movies, you got 2009, the follow up here that we're reviewing 2013, and so you know some of these movies and and the 2009 is over a decade old already. It doesn't seem that long, but they're, they are very much movies of the time and try to adapt Joe enough, but also modernize it to a point where it, I, I don't know, we're going to talk about if it works or not, but what about that kind of modern experience with Joe? Yeah, I remember being excited for the first one. Like I liked the marketing material because it kind of reflected the figures and like I have to admit, like I really liked the first Michael Bay Transformers movie mm-hmm. or at least like... I love Optimus Prime so much that it carried like the whole thing forward for me. It was definitely so, the best one. Like yeah, at that time of that franchise. Totally. And so I was like, well, you know what? If they got that far with Transformers, G.I. Joe, it's infinitely easier to do. It's just a bunch of soldiers. You have to make sure each of them is characterized the right way. The most out there Cobra and Destro, he's not hard to realize to the screen. They should be able to knock this one out of the park. And then I saw the movie. And it was awful. <laughs> and it was like G.I. Joe and name only. And uh, yeah, like outside of like the bareness maybe. that And like weird Michael Jackson, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Cobra Commander. <laughs> there was very few things to take away from that movie. So yeah. And then when this one came out, I remember being pleasantly surprised because mm-hmm. they did things like actually um, have some of the vehicles, like the Cobra Hiss tanks and... Um, 
the Joes had like the I remember the Cobra ones were called the Rattlers. I can't remember what the Joes called them when they had them, but they had the planes in there and stuff like that. And um, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow a little more realized and Cobra yeah. Commander, of course. Like, yeah, he looks wicked in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember liking the second one a lot more. And then uh, not being disappointed, but being a little surprised that they didn't uh, get enough momentum to take the franchise forward at all from that one. Yeah, and it is a bit shocking to me, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, about where this franchise goes, given that it's kind of come to a full stop, at least in this iteration, in this universe. And now let's go over to you, Sonny, man. You know, do you have any connections? You had older brothers. You know, Joes were, you know, of that early 80s time. They kind of preceded a bit of the, the Ninja Turtles for sure. And, you know, for, from my perspective on the collecting end of things, it's it's not something I ever got into, but my avenue in was always the action figures because my older cousins always had them. They had the USS flag. They had all the action figures. I would find them at our cottage just rolling around in a bin, and I'd kind of be curious about them, but never really fully connected to that universe. My cousin even now, he's still got some of the original with all the weapons. He had everything. He had a thing in his basement that was like a full setup with little sandbags and everything. It was incredible. Guys, helicopters and stuff hanging from the ceiling. Unreal, unreal. Did oh, you the dragonfly? Oh, like so much. It was it was absolutely wild. But Sonny, did you have any experiences with the action figures, the TV show prior to these films? You know, what's your connection to to Joe? Yeah. Um. Honestly, um, my older brother. He was in. He dabbled with Joe for a bit. Um. I remember he had the three and three quarter inch figures. And so like when he kind of grew out of them, he passed them on to me. Now, because they were so small, I kind of just used them as cannon fodder. Like if I was having like a Batman versus like Wolverine fight, you know, they'd be like on a team and then a GI Joe would come in and just get destroyed by like either one. Cause like those were like the six inch figures or like five and five and a half. I don't know what the size was, but they were definitely like a lot bigger so the G.I. Joes just got manhandled. Like, I don't think they ever won a match in my house when I was playing with them. Like, <laughs> And I had, like, quite a – I think he had, like, quite a bit of them, to be honest with you. I think he had, like – one was, like, a tugboat guy or, like, a Navy guy. I can't remember. Uh, one had, like, a cobra head. And he was, like – I don't know if this was the G.I. Joe, but he had, like, a head. And there was, like, a cobra suit over top. Yeah, Serpentor. Uh, yeah okay yeah absolutely <laughs> bringing that knowledge maybe, maybe i like gi joe more than i actually alluded to <laughs> come on you idiot who doesn't know stupentor like <laughs> um but yeah so um besides that not really they just weren't my thing uh growing up i just was my interest just pulled in other directions not that i like went out of my way to bash them but it was just like yeah they were there the figures look kind of cool but i don't think like between the time probably like in the 90s to like early 2000s when i was really big into figures and like playing with them i don't think like a gi joe i purchased a single gi joe during that time but i don't think like a lot of new gi joes were like coming out and like i don't think a lot of people my age were actually like playing with gi joes or like purchasing them a lot of it was just like that was like my older brothers or that was like their generation um so like for me i never really never really had the itch and then the movie came out, and oddly enough, the first one came out. It was like one of the last movies I remember renting from Blockbuster. Was that movie? Like I don't. I think Blockbuster was around a couple of years after that, and I, I rented from there a ton. But that was like one of the ones I remember 
walking into the blockbuster and just seeing it on the shelves like it took up like the whole space and it was like such a huge thing when that movie came out and i i rented it and you know what i watched it and i was like yeah man like that was pretty good um i had fun with it and then like a week later i probably like forgot all, all about it and then when the when the sequel came out i remember my wife and i were at the theater and then we saw like it was playing there and like there was like a bunch of other movies that were playing at the time and we we're debating which movie to see in the theater and i was like well maybe like how about the joe sequel and she's like i don't know i never saw the first one and i was like yeah it was just okay and so like we never ended up watching it um so we went to see something else i can't remember what we saw that day i know it was 2013 so maybe it was man of steel or something 13, 13 or... was a crazy year like everything from iron man 3 man of steel the hobbit star trek hunger games fast and furious franchises were all steamrolling through the box office it was a wild year yeah and like paramount it was their fault because the film was supposed to come out in 2012 and then they pushed it back an entire year because they wanted to in their words add more like 3d effects to the film mm-hmm. that which was watching the 3D it, conversion I... time when everything was getting delayed for that yeah but like some people were saying it could have been because channing tatum like blew up in between filming and like the release of this film is they wanted to add more channing tatum into the into the movie so i don't know like the truth is probably both of those things but uh yeah so they delayed it to 2013 so i never ended up seeing it until like this weekend when i watched it um (laughs) for the podcast because it's just like i have the film and it's just been sitting on my shelf but i just haven't had any real desire to see it now i was planning on watching it before the new snake eyes film that comes out this year or was supposed to come out this year got released i was planning on watching it but because grabs and gi joe nation voted for it i ended up watching it early so thank you guys uh for that so that's kind of like my joe history um you know not like i always knew of joe but i never cared enough like my interests were like power rangers or like pokemon or you know beast wars or batman or you know dc and marvel and whatnot so for me like it just never really registered on the radar enough for me to seek it out yeah and it's funny thing about joe because it has a a very powerful strong and and very connected and adamant fan base to it right in the same way that turtles does power rangers star wars whatever and it's so interesting to for me at least to see this perspective for for the first times for a major franchise it's kind of in the nerd room wheelhouse is that a few of us don't really have a strong deep-rooted connection to it and and so we're so removed from from that fan base that i don't hear much about it like i don't think i heard the word gi joe for like a decade and a half right up until this like 2009 movie came out and it goes to show too about how much your childhood influences your your nostalgic ties to things like films and franchises and toys and all that. Where if you don't have that that deep rooted connection, it kind of just skates by. Like there's been all sorts of figure line releases. There's 30th anniversary stuff. There was you know a whole set of three and three quarter inch stuff. Even when I was up at a small toy show a couple of weeks ago. And there's all sorts of Joe stuff. And I was like, when did this come out? Where did this even come from? Like, I'm under this impression that the Joe has really caught fire in the last little bit. But I think that's a lot to do with grabs and like all this Joe stuff popping up through Hasbro and our focus being put on it. Like, I think it's always been there. And of course, Hasbro, you know, producing a film in 2009 and then again with the sequel and then even a follow up, like you mentioned, Sonny, in, in Snake Eyes, like clearly there's a desire for it but it's just never really caught fire with myself. 
And I think I, it like really went into hibernation for a while though. Yeah. Like after the eighties and then kind of, yeah, like the early nineties, I can't think of anything coming out between. It, it blows my mind because I guess it goes into a similar dark time that star Wars did too. Right. Yeah. In that, that late eighties into early nineties when, when a toy line or the supplemental material, give it a TV show or film or whatever, when that goes away, the toys go away. Where now you can have a toy line almost running on its own without mm-hmm. any supplemental material to it. Like we see that thing, like look at the MCU and Marvel and all that. Yes, there's the comics, but we're not going to have a movie for almost two years. And Star Wars is the same way, but the toy line can carry itself. Uh, Turtles, you know, you get here and there supplemental material, but it seemed that a lot of this was built around the TV show, the comics, and the action figures. And when that lost momentum in the same fashion that, that Star Wars did in their, you know, mid 80s, just disappeared that like how crazy would that be if star wars just just disappeared tomorrow right because there's no films and yeah it's it's interesting without that material to to kind of give it a leg up or give it that focus from a, a viewership and then kids watching it and wanting the toys um it, it's crazy that stuff could just disappear like that yeah i think it was that and there was a movement away from kind of like army and guns mm-hmm. in right. children's playthings and whatnot in the 90s and mm-hmm. um like that's why you get soft people like sanjay playing with pokemon and stuff so <laughs> no man pokemon like that, that's dope, what... yo. <laughs> why you gotta i, hate I don't pokemon? think i would ever utter those words so you know <laughs> until real men so, like man. grabs and myself <laughs> took the bull by the horn and brought joe back to prominence in recent years um, you had to be there man you had to be there while you guys I, were playing with your dolls you know i was playing with my pokemon. oh now they're dolls shots <laughs> fired so you're talking shots about fired. pokemon and you've got this porn stash on like <laughs> you're, you're not doing anything to raise your level of cred man Yo, i'm just saying if you're on if you're on the twitterverse you know Yo, let us know what were you more down with growing up, Pokemon or GI Joe? There's there's a, a generational gap there though. Oh, that's hundred percent. Like whoever <laughs> listens to the show that like remembers like George Bush, the first George Bush president, will vote for GI Joe. Whoever remembers the second George Bush president will vote for Pokemon. You might have to go to a president before that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, let's skip there ahead. Let's fast that? forward from kind of the origin story of Joe for ourselves and go right to, to 2009. Now, we're not reviewing The Rise of Cobra, but we do have to talk a little bit about what came before retaliation. And Troy, I think you put it best. that This thing is pretty much in retaliation. is a, a sequel, but also a soft reboot. They do have a tendency, interestingly enough, to, to lean on what came before in The Rise of Cobra. And so, Troy, you haven't seen The Rise of Cobra, correct? Nope, never seen it. (laughs) (laughs) So there's obviously going to be some confusion there because a couple of the main storylines, the presidential one that we see in Mm. Retaliation, Mm. as well as the Storm Shadow and Snake Eye line or thread or whatever you want to call it, plot narrative, it's picked up from The Rise of Cobra. They've kind of cherry-picked, I think, what they would consider to be the best part of gi joe rise of cobra Mm -hmm. because as you alluded to carlos it's it's not the most fantastic film of all time it definitely i I think it shies away from the source material quite a bit (laughs) yeah it was Um, one of those where they thought they could sell tickets just with the name but make the movie that some studio exec thought of yeah it's it's very this you know of the time boombastic we're gonna pick 
a few characters like Duke and that and drop them into a Joe universe. But it's kind of all over the place. Like I, I took the time to actually rewatch the rise of Cobra because I remember watching it and I remember, you know, being okay with it at the time. And it was very much the mech suits, the big explosions, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's not great, but what they seemingly have done for retaliation is kind of, like I said, cherry picked a few elements out and really only continued on with, with five cast members. The key ones being the president. Uh, we do see what I would consider an extended cameo from Channing Tatum picking up, I think, on the thread that you had mentioned there, Sonny, about, okay, this guy's blown up. We need to get him into this movie in some fashion. And then we've also got the actor that played Storm Shadow and Ray Park, Darth Maul, returning as as Snake Eyes in here to, I guess, give that continuity to the original but they do something very interesting at the start of the film, and they basically kill everyone. Um, <laughs> and so somewhat soft rebooting the whole thing. So, Troy, you haven't seen it. The, Carlos, do you want to comment just a bit? We don't have to spend much time on the Rise of Cobra here, but just to kind of frame out what this universe was, what the foundation was before going into retaliation in a bit more detail. Yeah. Uh, well, kind of <laughs> like I said, it was that it was that frustrating 2000s type movie where it's you take a franchise but you don't lean into the things that made that franchise great and you just use the name you kind of wink at a few things that the fans might like but you make some generic action guy movie um yeah they had some interesting ideas there with laying the seeds for how Cobra Commander comes to be as like some scientist guy and then Destro with the arms dealer, they borrowed that. And yeah, I don't know. I think using Duke as your point of view character to get into the Joes is always folly because in the cartoons, he was always kind of the elder statesman of the rest of them being their leader and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember much of the movie. I remember them making a big deal about those accelerator suits that they had for the yeah. big action scene. Not, not very good. <laughs> and it's not something that doesn't was ever hold up well. <laughs> part of the part of the toy line or the cartoons or anything like that. And uh, yeah, I, I remember the Baroness being the only character that looked cool and reflected how she appeared in the comic books. And um, and. Yeah, that was about it. That's about all I can remember from that movie, yeah, to be honest with you. They, they do do a lot of work to provide an origin story for Cobra Commander. Um, I'm not totally sure what his actual origins are in the comics or in the TV show or whatever. But this one, it was relatively in and out, convoluted. I would have just liked him to go straight to Cobra Commander and say, here he is. Yeah. And where this, it, it does a lot of work to try to tie a lot of story threads together with Duke and Cobra Commander and the Baroness and all this. And so it feels very weighted down by trying to make everything interweave and interconnect. And then you add on mech suits and a few other things. And it, it just, it doesn't really flow. I find retaliation is a much better representation, at least from what I think G.I. Joe is. Um, one interesting element of Rise of Cobra, they went to like this international scale where I find retaliation really focuses back down towards the American side of GI Joe and gives it this perception that it is a branch of the military, as opposed to this like super top secret, you know, international type thing where we have all this really advanced weaponry and all this, this retaliation deviates from that and goes back to kind of bullets and brawn with, with, you know, DJ in the, Mm. in the driver's seat, really. 
And I think that's where they tried to contrast from the rise of Cobra. But the, the main threads, like I said, that they do pull through is this whole idea of the president being someone else. And then the backstory is directly pulled, even the flashback sequences from the rise of Cobra for Storm Shadow and uh, Snake Eyes there. And so I, I think that is one of the stronger points of the first one, um, except for, I have to tell you, if you watch Rise of Cobra, the Snake Eyes suit is the goofiest looking thing. <laughs> it's so much better in this one. He's basically got like this dumb look on his face and his mask. It's like his and mask is molded on? with his mouth open. Yeah. It's really weird. Like it's terrible. This is much better representation, I think, in retaliation here. So we don't have to go into too much more depth here. That kind of sets basically what they're building to be a, a film franchise and likely a trilogy of some sort. And you know, pumping in what they I called at the time, you know, with DJ and the franchise Viagra here to give us retaliation and give us this soft reboot. Uh, you know, leaping off of some of the stronger points from the Rise of Cobra. Now, how Hold is this? I, I feel like I should I should comment on the dolls comment because I know I'm gonna get a lot of hate from that. That was a joke, okay? Like I feel like people are gonna be like, no, no they're not fine. dolls. No, I was like, you, okay, you meant I that? That was a res gesti statement. That was a spontaneous declaration. That means that in your heart of hearts, that's what that's how you view it. <laughs> no, that, so that, was, that was just a your, dig your, at Carlos. Your, if anything, your camera is muted right now because I can't handle seeing this mustache thing going on. So I, I have you your camera blacked out. So you you got the, the whole the new Cuban guy comes thing in going the podcast on. Whatever. Starts Bad mouthing my facial hair, like you know what this mustache, okay? New guy, he's been here like a year and a half. <laughs> oh, I, I, I mustache. He's you been here mustache. a lot longer than that mustache. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Tim's talking about the rise of cobra. You're sporting the rise of a caterpillar. <laughs> Just wait until it grows into a beautiful butterfly. This is my new favorite rivalry. <laughs> I'm all about this one. Yeah. <laughs> all right. First I, first I battle with Troy. Now I'm battling with Carlos. I don't know if it's just me or if it's you guys. Well, I think and you and I spend... unite when Shazam 2 comes out and the kids are all sporting horrible facial hair like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the guys in this was is in Shazam. Uh, DJ Controna. Oh, yeah, he is. Yes, yeah. he is. <laughs> nice connection there. All right, guys. Well, let, let's just briefly talk about how this movie received and how it did in the box. We always like to touch on the box office, something that we follow closely. And we did at one point have a, a, a box office pool and all that, but that's kind of fallen apart given that no movies have been released in 2020 here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it did, it did open to about $40 million and domestically pulled in about 120 and worldwide for retaliation. It did do better than the rise of Cobra pulling in 375. So, you know, the rock has a lot of international appeal and you know, three hundred seventy-five million dollars isn't really anything to to shy away from. It did relatively well given the competition and all the films that were sat around, especially all the sequels that were really playing at that time. So, I would consider this a, a relative moderate success, and you know, giving the franchise something to build off of. They didn't really move forward with this, and I, I don't really know why. Maybe we'll get into that when we get to the end and talk a bit about what's next for the Joe franchise, but. Ultimately, looking at the critics, they hated this movie with a passion, it seemed. Um, they just didn't like the the whole idea of it. And to be honest with you, it's called G.I. Joe Retaliation, guys. You get what you pay for. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, yeah. it, it drives me nuts sometimes. Like, it's literally a, a movie that is built off a toy franchise, an army toy franchise at that. And, like, going in expecting something of a super high caliber – 
I really don't know. Audiences seem to generally enjoy this. It doesn't have a huge high rating by any means, but the audience definitely have a much more favorable view of this than critics. I read through some of the Rotten Tomato stuff and it was just it was just basically being like, What is this? This is there's explosions and there's the rock and then there's guns and it's like, Well yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Like, what did you expect this to be? Like some yeah. period piece with DJ and, you know, fighting army or I, I don't know what you expect this to be. Like I don't know, like going into this, Sonny, when you picked up the film, did you mm-hmm. expect it to be anything more than, than you got? No, no, man. Like if I could compare it to anything, it would be like a Transformers film. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, I had more fun with this than most of the Transformers sequels. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I was expecting. Just slam, bam, thank you, ma'am, action. Yeah, and I think that they, I don't think they misrepresented what this was going to be. Carlos, like, this not being a Saving Private Ryan or something of that caliber, does that surprise you? <laughs> no. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just like if you're reviewing a film, you need to be cognizant yeah. of what it's based on and who who's going to be wanting to watch this. And are you – is the studio and the filmmakers given that audience what they want? And it's like, yeah, this movie was definitely made with – people who grew up loving that toy line in mind and it was like on a scale of ninja turtles transformers power rangers movies like it fits perfectly it's of a piece with all of those kind of things like for every one dark night you're gonna have nine of these type of movies where it's just like yeah we're we're making this to cash in on some nostalgia and a known ip so and I think that's exactly it. Like, to be honest with you off the top here, I, I enjoy this movie for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big supporter and always will be, be a big supporter of The Rock. And this was exactly to me as advertised. It is more so a G.I. Joe film than The Rise of Cobra. And it delivers, I think, on the key elements. It, it really harkens back to the original Cobra Commander design. And it gives you kind of the big feel. It puts the Joes and maybe the fish out of water where they don't have all this tech, which I really liked, and they had to go back to basically fist fighting and, and shooting guns as opposed to having mech suits and jets and all this kind of crazy equipment. And so I like that aspect. Now, Troy, like coming into this film, not having the basis of, of Rise of Cobra and just mm. jumping into it, did you feel yourself, one, kind of expecting more, and two, were you ever lost with any of the, the initial plot threads that you kind of get introduced here right at the start of the film with the president and with snake eyes and with every, the jailbreak and all the stuff that's going on? <laughs> no, to be honest, you know, without seeing the first one, I, I definitely got um, a grasp of this film and kind of had a pretty good idea where it was going to. It's pretty predictable. <laughs> but um, <laughs> expectations wise, it was a really hard thing, you know, coming into it 2020. Um, Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think maybe even coming into it 2013, it would be a little different. Like, we've had movies at this point, like Iron Man, um, obviously the Dark Knight Rises franchise. We've had um, Man of Steel with a different outlook. Uh, and obviously, you all know, um, anybody listening, that I, I absolutely love that movie. Um, I feel like they could have, I could I think they could have done a little bit more with this one. I know they could have still given us the G.I. Joe aspect, but I feel like even when you look at, like, the Fast and the Furious franchise, that kilometer of, of, of that crew really gets me whereas in this movie it was it was lacking i feel like i without being the outside of the gi joes i i would imagine that 
that's a pretty solid crew. It's like a it's like a family. And I feel like um Fast and Furious has always been doing that properly from day one. And you know what you get out of a Fast and Furious film, but in this franchise or this film in particular, I didn't feel that. Even between The Rock and uh Duke, um it wasn't all there for me. And, and I guess they played video to... games one time. They're best yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It also goes to show where their acting ability was, too. The Rock 2013 is not the Rock that he is Jumanji era or an up, no. right? The Rock here is is better than Scorpion King, but he still has a lot ways to go. <laughs> it's still he... early Rock, right? This it's is when he's really rock. molding himself into yeah, that Hollywood yeah, great. Yeah, that, that thespian he's become. And even... Um, <laughs> but, at, um, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I support right. everything The Rock does. I'll say that a million times. <laughs> but no, and then even looking at Channing Tatum, like this guy grew so much afterwards. Oh, him you know, for oh, sure. Looking at him in, um, oh, what's that one with... Um, Foxcatcher, come on, right? Yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. So he's grown so much. And even obviously with the 22, 21 Jump Street franchise. And um, so seeing those two, it would have been it would have been a different movie, honestly, seeing those two now doing this mm-hmm. film as opposed to the 2013. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's a G.I. Joe film. I get it. You know, eat your popcorn and turn your brain off. But um, I, I, I could have I used a little bit more substance. I would say yeah. just, just a little well, bit more. It's interesting you say that about about Duke and, and Roblox here, Channing Tatum's character and The Rock's character. I Channing Tatum is head and shoulders better than he was in Rise of Cobra. Oh, wow. Like, it was like he was reading off cue cards in Rise of Cobra. Oh, <laughs> like some guy was holding them behind the camera. Like and there's no emotion. There's no nothing behind it. And I, I wanted, and I remember in 13 saying to myself or thinking to myself at least, I want more of, of DJ and Channing together. I want to see that, that chemistry evolve and develop. And, and I didn't get as much of that want watching it in 2020, but I, I feel they did sell themselves a bit short, not having that more extended because the the thing that they do here, and it's it's another interesting point you say about f- the Fast and Furious, that franchise has always been about escalation. What can we do bigger? What can we do next? You know, we're gonna tie a vault to a car and drive it through real. We're gonna do we're gonna go to space next. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're gonna yeah. d- race a plane. Who knows? But this 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 movie in itself, from the from what was it was building off of. To me, it was really a de-escalation of the franchise and stripping it down to the bare bones and saying, here's three or four guys with just guns and we're going to try to rebuild this franchise. Like I see that really in the soft reboot. And they do this up front. They literally kill almost every Joe and ignore almost everyone from, at least on the Joe side, from the first film. <laughs> like Marlon Wayans was in the first film. There's a couple other like main characters that just are never talked about and never mentioned on the Joe side. It's really just Channing Tatum's character that gets this like extended cameo into this film. And then is kind of, he has an off screen death. Like, I don't know if he's totally dead. Like they never show him dead. And I think that might be on purpose. <laughs> They're bringing him back for the third one. Well, 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 speaking of like characters killed off, I mean, the guy was never killed off, but he might as well have been. Who was the, the, the other dude in this film that oh. he was, he was useless. Um, Oh, DJ Controna? Flint? Oh, Flint? Was that Flint? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, that guy was parkour just, guy. <laughs> so are ghost. we are we like just kind of doing the review then? Because Flint, yeah. yeah, Flint was horrible. Like, <laughs> and he's not Flint. Like Flint was always kind of like the field commander of the GI Joes, and he was like always very competent. And yeah, he was a tenured soldier kind of thing. But here, yeah, he's just like the 
parkour flipping mm-hmm. and man of action new guy. Well, and it, I, it's, it is such a weird aspect with Flint because he doesn't do anything. Like he does nothing. that one thing at the start when they're like, oh, like he's run up and put the flag up, right? When they're doing at the the Pakistani wherever they are, right? Uh, and yeah, North Korea. North, North Korea. Korea. Yeah, sorry, that yeah. the Pakistani things later, but. <laughs> It yeah, it's weird with that character. Like the the whole idea. Like let's let's rewind a little bit, Carlos. Here, them killing off everybody and saying, "Here's your three Joes that you're gonna walk through this movie with: yeah. Lady yeah. Jane, Roadblock, and Flint." Now, <laughs> how do you feel about that approach? About pulling threads through from the Rise of Cobra, but then effectively wiping everything out and saying, "Here's your perspective now. Here's your three characters." We're simplifying this down. We're going to, you know, remove all their support, everything. The Joes are effectively dead except for these three people. Like, yeah. how, does that work for you as, as a soft reboot? And are these the right three characters to, to run with? Well, if I'm going to jump kind of to the end um, <laughs> of, of, like, my overall feelings of the movie, but it, it kind of answers your question. Like, I didn't have a problem with them wiping the slate clean. Because, like, they were just so generic in the first movie. They, yeah. Like, it didn't have to be a G.I. Joe movie. It could have been whatever, like, U.S. Marines, Special Strike Ops Force. kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And they didn't do enough. So I think it was a wise decision to move away from that model to something that was closer to the G.I. Joes. Mm-hmm. But you still didn't lean into it. Like, they all still wore regular army fatigues and they're all except for flint with his sweet parkour they're all just regular soldiers with m16s and carbines kind of thing and um they didn't lean into them being more colorful characters and having different outfits and each being unique and that kind of goes into what troy was saying too about like the characters being a bit of a family I don't know that you need to play up the family aspect but you need to build up the fact that the gi joes aren't just an even better arm of the U.S. military. These guys are each specialized individuals that needs to have a really sweet dossier card with amazing painted art on the back to tell you all about <laughs> the guy who's like the firefighting expert and nobody else in the G.I. Joe is a firefighting expert and about the guy who's the amazing field medic and there's not another field medic amongst the G.I. Joe's kind of thing. And they didn't have that like they all like what made duke that different than roadblock or lady j that different from flint or like do you know what i mean like yeah, snake eyes 100%. was the only guy that was unique and they should have all kind of been like snake eyes will always be the coolest because he's yeah. always been the coolest yeah. but <laughs> they should have all been like that where each of them has an appeal and each of them is like a unique dude and there's not another one like that so I didn't have a problem with them killing off all the ones from the first one because they were just a bunch of army guys. And then they leave you with just another bunch of army guys yeah. and Snake Eyes off on his own mission. Well, and the whole Snake Eye, we'll get to that a little bit later. The whole Snake Eyes Storm Shadow thing is a completely different movie almost that, that yeah, runs cool parallel movie. to this. And then it crosses over a little bit later. Like it's almost like those two movies happened each on their own and then they had a crossover event towards the end of the film. Except for Raza is like the big grandmaster of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but what about you, Sanjay? Man, coming coming into this and 
giving a new pers- or giving three new characters as, as your perspective as the characters that we follow around here and i fully agree with you carlos that they are relatively generic like you could pluck these characters out of any army movie any military movie what have you and, and drop them in here you know i like the i can't remember his name his name's joseph in real life uh tim murphy from jurassic park uh, i got my Jurassic connection there that is oh, the, the, mar- the, the marksman specialist right the sniper yeah. that has i wish he kind of stuck around right he brought a little you know something different he was a marksman he had those cool bullets but he just kind of disappears after the initial battle too yeah mouse mouse yeah <laughs> and and sunny so like roadblock flint and and lady jane i, I have an opinion mm-hmm. about particularly about lady jane uh or jay <laughs> a little bit later on and but uh but what are your thoughts on these characters and this being our pers- our joe perspective for the rest of the film yeah man like i'm not opposed to them killing off like the the rest of the joes if it like serves a purpose but like they only had like a couple scenes between the rock and um channing tatum together so like i didn't really like build up that they were like the best buds from like birth because like the rock wasn't even in the first movie right so like clearly he's not like that close to you when well, he wasn't and they even established in the first... marlon waynes as his best friend in right? the first one too <laughs> I was like maybe marlon waynes was supposed to be the same character he just like beefed up hardcore and became the rock i don't know but uh so but then like so then uh channing tatum dies and like it it's barely like a thought like the rock was just like those are our brothers but then like it never comes up again like he never has any sorrow and like they never have anything where they're like oh he killed you know he killed duke like i'm gonna get him it's just like he killed our brothers but then like after that it's just like okay we got this mission and they never like really talk about it anymore so for me like it would have really upped the stakes if like they were like super tight throughout the whole film and then you know channing tatum gets killed and then he has to like go and avenge you know, his, his fallen brother. But I never got that sense in this movie. It was more just like, oh, okay, now it's us three. Okay, we're going to go on an adventure, us three. And so, like, it, you know, the idea behind it, I guess, was solid. But uh, the execution for me kind of fell flat. The three characters that they chose, I mean, they did their job. Um, the Rock was The Rock. Lady J was Lady J. And DJ Controna barely remember, you know, what I just don't I don't think it's like the actor's fault. I just think he wasn't given enough to do. He was just kind of there, and they're just like, oh yeah, it's almost like oh we forgot about him. Okay, let's throw him a random line, and he'll <laughs> catch Storm Shadow, and then Storm Shadow will just you know not even be like a thing anymore. And so you know, as I said, or maybe I didn't say this, but as I thought, it's definitely a film where you just got to shut your brain off and have fun with it, yeah. and you can't think too hard because if you give anything like too much thought, you're just like wait a minute. This doesn't really quite hold up, but you know what? I, I, you know, I'm not gonna get into like if I enjoyed it or not until the end of the in, end of the end of the review. But in this particular case with these three, yeah, man, like I thought they were solid. Um, they had their little mission and they went on it. Another thing, well, actually, one more thing that I should mention is they didn't really have any inconveniences. They're just like, oh, it's just like the whole world is looking for us, and then they just happen to stumble upon an airport. And they don't tell him how they get back to America. And then he just happens to go to his buddies who's just like, they won't find you here. Just stay at our gym. And they just like set up base. Like, Here's all like the, the tech in this bin that you can yeah, set up. Yeah, they're just like, wouldn't they have known like, hey, these guys are on the run. Oh, maybe we should check his childhood friend. They're like, nah, forget it. Like, you know what I mean? So, th- so that part was just like a little like, they should have been more 
on the run, I guess, would have been kind of cool to see them like scrambling and using more of their wits as opposed to just them just like, oh, now the whole world's against us, but it, it'll be barely an inconvenience to us. So well, whatever. I think that goes back to Carlos's point about them having unique skill sets. Mm-hmm. And if they had leaned into that a bit more, it made it might have made some of that a bit more believable um, on the aspect of them kind of being off on their own island. And so, yeah, for me, it's they like you said, Sanjay, they do the job. Um, they do what they need to do. They carry you through the film. They give you some perspective, and they also try to give you some emotional attachment to them, but but not super well. Um, I find Lady J in particular, and I don't know if you guys agree with this, I find that she was majorly overly objectified in this movie. <laughs> like, she comes across as, like, at some parts, it's like, holy moly, like, it's, there's, like, she's attractive and all that, but it's like the guy, like, Flint watching her in the, in the whatever, <laughs> like, watching her change, and her doing the running, bending over thing, and then her going in the red dress, to, like, well, like, it's who like, goes running with your groceries? That seems like such an inconvenience, <laughs> right? Like, if you're, like, a senator There's or something, your inconvenience. Right? I know, you, I just... sh- you should have been like, hey, this doesn't add up. Like, whenever I go running, I'm not like, oh, I got to go grab milk and fruit and then carry my bags. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, who runs like I, that? It's, it's funny because they treat her and they treat Jinx very differently, right, in this movie? Jinx being the actress that played uh, Elektra in the Daredevil series, right? Mm. Like, she doesn't get a whole bunch to do, but... Uh, there's there's something that just stuck out to me. I don't know if it was of the the 2013 time, but uh, we don't have to go too deep into it. But I felt that the actress had a bit more to offer. Like she's your mockingbird from Agents of Shield, and she seemingly can carry the weight of being the physical female. But to me, it was just uh, is three or four times in the movie. I was like. Okay, this is this is getting slightly out of hand at this point. <laughs> it's a bit much here, but anyways, guys, let's move on to the the other side, the other side of the coin here. And at some point here, we see Storm Shadow and who's revealed to be Firefly break out in this kind of high risk breakout. Cobra Commander, who was imprisoned along with Destro in at the end of the Rise of Cobra in this secret facility, right? And so the, the key mission here is let's get them out. And once they're out, they leave Destro behind, maybe for another movie, who knows. <laughs> but uh, let, let's talk about Cobra Commander here in, in a bit more detail before we get into the subplot of Storm Shadow and, and Snake Eyes here. Cobra Commander, not have you, like Troy in particular, I've not seen the, the Rise of Cobra. He has this whole backstory. Jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a character that's, somewhat swept under the rug and we just get straight up cobra commander the look and all the look is way better than the the rise of cobra and he kind of just here executing what he needs to do troy given kind of you're dropping the deep end of this mm-hmm. cobra commander here and we can throw in firefly if you want here that kind of runs around behind him doing a few things mm-hmm. uh, ends up being the arch nemesis of, of the rocks roadblock here but but what's your thoughts on the Cobra side of this, and, and in particular Cobra Commander? So is Cobra Commander is he still meant to be the same one that we're introduced to in the first one? I think just like, played by a different actor. Yeah, generally they put him behind the mask mm-hmm. and they give him the raspy voice. They kind of just ignore all the rest of the origin story. Like there's a whole thing with his sister and Duke and oh, all okay. this. It's to me, it's just like here's Cobra Commander. He wants to take over the world. 
Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he was all right. Like, again, not knowing anything about the first one, but I mean, you know, following grabs over on Twitter, I'm like, that looks like the guy that grabs is chasing after, right? <laughs> that's that's him. Looks looks the part, so that's cool. Um, I was confused for two seconds when um they revealed that um that Snake Eyes was um Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow. I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, I thought Snake Eyes was a good guy, but he's a bad guy. Like he's working with you know Cobra Commander, but totally. figured out anyways later on. And um, I th- <laughs> I think he was okay. I think he was an all right like villain. Um, the looks of them looked really weird where they're like being held captive, like in the tubes, Yeah. Uh, like their faces was like, I was like, what, like what's going on? Like that looked kind of silly. But, um, once he got like his like Magneto look kind of going on, yeah, <laughs> I thought, he, I thought he was all right. Um, what was the other guy you called? He was, Firefly. Um, yeah, that guy, that guy didn't work for me at all. <laughs> that guy was straight trash. Yeah. Um, that was no, the Punisher, no. man. He was so oh, menacing yeah? looking. Yeah, yeah what was, was his name? He uh, was Punisher in Punisher Warzone, Ray Stevenson. Yeah, Ray was Stevenson, he? yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that was actually a decent one. I thought that one back in the day was kind of okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't work for me in this film by any means. Um, yeah, man. No, he didn't work for me. But I did like um the all, like the all-around big bad guy. Are we, We're not getting into the president yet, right? Like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that, that plot here in a little bit. But, okay, yeah. yeah. But all in all, no, I thought he was okay. And I, I, I like the introduction of um of uh, Storm Storm Shadow too. Like yeah. I thought that was uh was a saving period for me, at least in this film. Kept me awake, we'll say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what what about you, Carlos? Someone that's a bit more rooted in the franchise and rooted in the the look of the characters. Cobra Commander, to me this is a much better representation of that character and, and respects a bit more the source material from the eighties. Oh yeah, man! Cobra Commander looked baller in this movie. Like he looked so cool throughout the this whole film. With like the that's like my favorite look for the character. He had a few different ones back in the day because he had one with like a like just a cloth mask draped over the top of him. Like a and Baron then Zemo that... type thing. Yeah, uh, ish. Yeah, and that's then he the had same guy. One. I've seen yeah. that. I've seen that before. Okay, that's the same dude. Cool. Yeah, and then cool, he had cool. another one that almost looked like the one in Rise of Cobra, where it was like he, he almost looked like a Tie Fighter pilot kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, this was always my favorite look, and yeah, he they pulled it off well in the movie. And while we're on the prison break scene, ironically, the best actor and the best performance in the entire movie was from Walton Goggins as the yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> prison warden. He was great yeah. in this, and yeah, he's great in everything. But um, yeah, I thought it was funny that the the one legit actor that you have in the whole movie is the guy who just has kind of this over the top gag bit but yeah it was cool like i it is what it is yeah it's i think to me the best thing to come out of like out of this part of it is well we're going to talk about is storm shadow for sure i agree with you Troy but is is cobra commander's look mm-hmm. like it's far superior and i like it and it fits the source material and yeah, he kind of just plays the menacing overlord. Like, he doesn't do a whole bunch. He never fights. He never... I don't even know if he ever shoots a gun, really. He shoots... Maybe he shoots a warden. But there's there's not a lot of substance to that character. Like, they did a lot of work in The Rise of Cobra with that character. And here, he's just kind of there, right? He's just basically pushing the buttons and telling people where to go. But the look, the look to me is... It, it, it's the winner of the... Like, of the whole franchise so far. 
is that is like to me the most spot on thing other than the the reiteration of, of snake eyes here which is a much better look than it was in the rise of cobra I, I liked his voice i know in the cartoon like i don't know much of the cartoon but i know cobra commander's voice is like very menacing much like mm-hmm. dark side from like super friends i you know i and, th- and i thought the voice here was pretty good too yeah i agree with you it works for me it kind of well, gets Cobra that commander out. in the cartoon had like this screechy like star scream yeah. voice yeah. Oh, did he? Like, I thought he had like this, like gravelly, like. Am I thinking of like a different cartoon? Maybe I'm thinking of like Megatron or something. I don't know, but there, I know like Darkseid had, you know, well, I know you know Darkseid had that like deep, gravelly yeah. voice that like scared me as a kid. Wasn't there someone yeah. like that in GI Joe, or am I no, just misremembering? You, you might have been thinking of somebody on like Team Rocket or something like that. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. So, yeah, I see how no. you do. I yeah. see how you play. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I can throw the damn towel, man. Throw the well, spikes. Well, you know, um, Pokemon Detective Pikachu is the highest-rated uh, video game movie of all time. So you know, what can I say? The critics love Pokemon, but uh, it must be must be something that stuck around for twenty years. Sonic yep. was better. <laughs> Sonic was dope. I haven't seen Detective Pikachu, but uh, man, like you, you watch those like Pokemon. I'm gonna throw my weight behind this film I haven't seen. <laughs> no, 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 Sonny. The cartoons Sonny. were good. The cartoons were good. What's up? I got, I got a question for you here, man. Let's build on this, this thought. This is what you're doing here. Let's talk about Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes here. I'm gonna give you the first crack at what I think is the best plot line in this whole film and even in this whole franchise. Um, they're the two best-looking characters. I think they're they oppose each other. They create kind of this nice yin-yang dynamic to them. The black and white. The you know they have the backstory from the first one that is revisited here. But what are, what are your thoughts on Storm Shadow here and Snake Eyes and this kind of side plot or this parallel plot that we go on with these two characters that is somewhat interwoven back into the main narrative with with Roadblock and all that a little later on the film. Yeah, um, I'm just going to bring up something that Troy mentioned earlier. I was confused as well when like, okay. like they did the reveal because I didn't remember the first one. And I was well, like, okay, like that's... that's Stormshot uh, also snakes. dies in the first one. Yeah, that's what Grabs oh, was saying. Okay. But then he mentioned there's a comic book that explains that. Um, well, he fall, like It's just kind of like the off-screen death. Like he just falls into a giant avalanche. I'm sure he's all right. Yeah, he could, he, you know, he could be dead. He could not He's be. a ninja. Right, he's played fine. by the same actor? Yes. Okay. You just have to yeah. go in that like healing chamber with like the the, the herbs and the white paste and the lasers. Yeah, I get yeah. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, he, he got that back all all in shape. Um, yeah, man, like so I wasn't quite sure, and then I was like, okay, so Snake Eyes, he's a bad guy, but I thought he was a good guy. Right. I was confused because, like, honestly, I know nothing of, of the J. Joe, so for that part was like a little bit confusing for me. Um. But, like, seeing their side story of them, and then I kind of remembered, like, what happened in the first one. Like, okay, like, I can buy it. I thought it was cool, and it led to, like, a cool fight on the mountainside, which seems, like, totally unnecessary because he joined sides with them anyways because he's like, I didn't didn't kill the master. And they're like, okay, we believe you, and then now you're on our side. It's like, you you killed all the whole time. What's that? <laughs> he was in the bag the whole time. Yeah, man, but I was like, you killed all these like cannon fodder guys, like all these other ninjas that probably have like a life and they have a wife and kids and a husband maybe, and you just killed them. You could have just communicated, you know, and then you he would have joined teams and there would be no deaths. So I think, you know, that would have been a much 
more effective film is instead of having that cool mountain fight scene, they just sat down and talked out their problems. But they couldn't. Snake Eyes is mute. So now you're being <laughs> discriminatory against people that can't speak. Well, uh, the, the blind master could have, you know, he could have sent an email or like a text message or something and said, hey, we believe you. You didn't kill Master. Come join us. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I don't even know where to take that guy. You told me threw me off my game here. <laughs> Troy man, yeah, you, you said that, that this this subplot sorry Sonny. <laughs> we'll come back to you. This subplot kept you awake. Uh Storm Shadow, Snake Eyes, the looks of the characters. Yeah. The fight scenes are by far the best. Like yeah. the, the fight scenes that we get in the temple or whatever it is, the, even the mountain fight scene I quite liked. Um, quite dynamic. Something new, something a little different than we've seen before. Yeah. A little bit more grounded. And then we've got Jinx, um, played by the actress, like I said, that played Elektra in the Daredevil's uh, Netflix series. So it's kind of, I, I keep calling it a side plot or a parallel plot because it's fairly removed. Like it seemed like an odd thing that almost a throwaway line that Cobra Commander says at one point and says, take him to the mountains to heal. I'll need him for the war. And it kind of, like sidelines storm shadow and puts them into the snake eyes plot a little bit. So like what, what about this plot and storm shadow and snake eyes kind of made this movie for you, as you put it earlier, just the mountain scene, man, none of the dialogue, none of any of that. <laughs> just the mountain scene, the mountain scene for me saved this movie. I thought that mountain scene was so cool. Um, something we haven't really seen before. Cause I felt like this movie gave us a lot of what we've seen. We've seen all the desert war battles a thousand times. We've mm-hmm. seen all that stuff, but this film um, has some cool combat in the mountains. Like that was, that was dope. Like mm-hmm. see all these ninjas like zip lines, some of them unsuccessful, some of them, you know, bailing <laughs> and falling and, you know, kind of like, like putties in the power Rangers. But um, <laughs> seeing those guys is quite, I thought that was really cool. And then I liked when um, snake eyes, man, he, um, he took the, um, the flare gun and shot up the uh, the snow, the mountain. Oh yeah, so took those guys all. Th- I, I was really actually impressed because for the most part, like I was so fed up of a lot of the slowdown. There's there's tons of slowdown throughout this film, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of slowdown on that mountain scene too. But um, it was just a really cool concept and idea, and I think it was actually like very well executed too. Because it's one thing to think of that scene, but to see how they actually pulled it off. Because I actually watched later like the whole green yeah. screen effect of you know them doing it in that warehouse and um. There's very limited sets during this whole film, and I guess you can kind of tell. But um, <laughs> no, man, I just I gotta give a lot of props to that um, that mountain scene because I think uh, the guy that directed this film was also the guy that gave us like Step It Up, Step yep. It Up like 3D and whatnot. So he's yeah. obviously very well with like the dance choreography, but they translate that pretty well, at least in this scene and other scenes with uh, the fight choreography. So yeah, for me, that was like the saving grace of this whole film, and. Um, yeah, man, that's all I can really say about the Stormfront and um, well, not Stormfront. Sorry, I'm thinking of the boys. I'm so on the boys right now. Um, it, it's Storm um, Shadow. Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow. <laughs> but I was sorry. More so though, uh, Snake Eyes and uh, yeah. Jinx. I, I I just thought those two were pretty cool in that scene. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. This is my one of my favorite scenes in in the film, and I like this this thread the best with with what's going on here and how they integrate these two characters. Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes are my favorite characters in both of the films that we've seen. And I think that they're as good, if not better in this one. Now, now Carlos, like snake eyes is, is one of your dudes. The look has changed a bit from the rise of Cobra. Um, I think this look is better. Oh yeah. He looks way cooler. He he looks way better, but he doesn't get a ton to do like this is this side plot thing that they got going on here is 
gives him a bit more substance, but there's there's not a lot going on with that character. I think Storm Shadow gets quite a bit more than than maybe Snake Eyes, and maybe I'm just misremembering, even though I just finished this film last night. But um, the, like Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, this whole thing going on with them and this being a character that you do have some affinity for, um, how how was it treated in this film for you? I thought it was done well. Like, like Troy said, like the the mountain stuff was definitely the highlight of the whole movie, and uh, I, I think they know the popularity of those characters, like '80s ninjas. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the jam. Like all of us, those were the two favorite characters. You always look forward to those characters showing up um, in episodes. Like Snake Eyes was in every single wave of those figures, just slightly different and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So the Batman, uh, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Totally. And so yeah, I thought it, I thought it was cool, and I, I actually really like Storm Shadow, like the way yeah. that he went about the breakout with slowing down his heart, so that they mm-hmm. thought that, like, first of all, going in as Snake Eyes, and then revealing himself to be Storm Shadow, and then stopping his heart, so that um, he triggers all those mechanisms. So I thought they did a good job, kind of leaning into those characters being as popular as they are. But like you say, ironically, they had to do so much work with them that they almost created two different movies as they were going through their work with this thing. So yeah, no, I, I thought they acquitted them well. And then yeah, that mountain scene is definitely the highlight of the entire movie. So yeah. And it, like, I watched the same thing you did Troy, and it took them like a month or more to film that scene. Crazy. That wow. one yeah. scene yeah. yeah, on the green screen and the big tilted green screen thing. It was, it was really well done. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Really well. And, done. and I just gotta say, sorry. While we're talking about um, Snake Eyes, I did just Google Snake Eyes from the last movie because I wanted to see what you guys are talking about and the whole mouthpiece, whatever yeah. is going. That's that's weird. That's just so. Weird. so <laughs> but he's got like this, like almost like dumbfounded look on his face. Like he's yeah. got like a mouth. It's bizarre. It's like it, it's bad seeing like a still image. I couldn't imagine what's like seeing it in motion in a film. Like that's just so weird that they did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they, yeah, it, it's weird. And to be honest with you, until I rewatched the Rise of Cobra, I just thought it was the same Snake Eyes suit. Oh, I, I, did, I didn't think it was any different until I popped it on today. And I was like, "Whoa, that is a very different and dumb looking suit." <laughs> was the there an action one. figure for that? Because there must have been action figures for these movies, right? Did they make a Snake Eyes with the mouth? There's, I definitely remember the like the Rock Roadblock action figures like oh. there was a three and three quarter inch joe line i think it had yellow card backs if i'm not mistaken cool okay. um and hmm. so there was a run of that somewhere i right. believe i probably remember that because they were likely peg warmers would be my <laughs> guess but uh yeah so moving on here there's to be honest with you, there's not a, like a ton of substance here to really run with you know we have roadblock and flint and lady jane returning to the u.s as, as sunny alluded to here and they start to piece together this plot that's been unfolding in front of us since the rise of Cobra and the fact that, that uh, Zartan himself is the present or is, looks like the presence. That's a, a major thread that we see developed all the way through the rise of Cobra. And it kind of comes to fruition here with him reinstituting Cobra as the new Joes. We see the Cobra signs go down on the white house and then really take a position here. And, and we don't really get to see much of the actor that played Zartan, um, in this, buddy is played by the guy that plays the president here, and and he becomes somewhat of of the big bad. Now, Troy, having the or, and Sanjay too, like jump in here whenever. But the the limited knowledge from the first one, like this idea of the president being impersonated and being Zartan, and him, I guess, then eventually driving towards 
him being the most powerful man on the planet and the only one with the weapons and kind of wanting to take over the world through the, the, you know, the eyes of the president, but acting as Zartan, like how does this whole thread line up as it's pieced together by our three remaining Joes and a John McClane esque type of Bruce Willis, who's playing kind of the original Joe, if you will, <laughs> Troy, what man, what's your take on this one? Um, well, so start with the president. Um, Again, not watching the first one. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've seen the actor before, so I feel really bad that I forgot his name. But I know he's actually a pretty good actor. In this film, though, I felt like he kind of phoned it in. Or maybe his lines just weren't the greatest. Um, so he just didn't really work for me. His um, his final battle with um, Storm Shadow was quite the bore, too. I mean, Storm Shadow, I like how he finished him off there. You know, splitting the bullet and then taking him out that was cool that was pretty cool but just this incompetent bad guy was just like ah like (laughs) i feel this guy should have been done off so long ago because i'm like how did you make it this far um so he was kind of whatever for me uh the john mcclain thing reveal i guess like it would hit me harder probably if i was a big gi joe person i guess but um no carlos (laughs) is shaking his head here (laughs) (laughs) but um but you know i guess it's cool that he's like the original joe is that is that that's right yeah that's what they played with but i don't know (laughs) like it felt like whoever wrote the movie was a really big diehard fan so he's like we got to figure out some way of putting bruce willis (laughs) in this movie because like that was never a thing like you yeah i like grabs will correct me for sure but like i i don't know that you ever really saw general joe or whoever the heck he was supposed to name cotton I don't know. Like, I think and, it's like because it's a like King of the Hill, right? Like Cotton Hill. That's that's what I remember. I don't know. I was like, uh, oh, does he have a shins? No, it's not Cotton Hill. <laughs> well, it, it sticks out. Like he sticks out as Bruce Willis in a film, right? Oh, like easily. It's yeah. like I don't know if like General Hawk would have been a better like that was played in the original by what's his name? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh yeah, uh, Dennis Quaid, right? Dennis Quaid. Like I don't know if that would have been a better go-to to. But I guess you're trying to separate away from all that. It just it just sticks out, and he has this weird relationship with Lady J too, that is never like they kind Brenda. of give that. Yeah, I don't like they never explain that. I was waiting the whole movie for him to explain that, and we never quite get there. Other than him saying like I served with your father, and yeah, like, the yeah. connecting up those pieces, but it never explains why she, he called her Brenda. Like other than the fact that he's just being sexist, which she. You know, really points out like, hey, you want to be a secretary? Hey, you want, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it just seemed like a really weird thing happening that didn't make much sense to me. And him being the original Joe, I, sure, like this is why we call ourselves Joe and him having this house. Like this house is pretty wild. Um, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. It just seems like a ton of work and maintenance. Like I, anytime I see stuff like that, I'm thinking like, like where did you get those styrofoam cutouts? for those guns like why is it like that like where did you order that from and why wasn't someone like why do you need this like we can't just get this off amazon (laughs) wouldn't the president who's like being taken over be like hey maybe we should watch the other joes if our plan is to get rid of the gi joes maybe we should watch the original joes in case there are some that try to start an uprising but they're well, like, no, nah. like, and he's not that hard to find. He's got a beautiful house. You, you said, like, you know, his house is amazing. He's got tons of guns, and it's just like an oversight. Like, well, ah, he, there's fine. like a throwaway line in there about him being like on lockdown, like I can't make any movements without someone coming to find me, type thing. Mm. So, like, I, I don't know, like Carlos, this this presidential thing, 
I think it's it's an interesting thread that they've pulled through from the first movie. And I kind of like where they go with it about this imposter president and using Zartan, the master of disguise here. And it's kind of a cool way for them to snatch command without Cobra Commander coming out and saying, I am now in charge and standing on the top of the White House type thing, right? I I, I like this back door into it. But then it, it kind of starts to fall over on itself a little bit as we get further into the film. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they didn't really lean into uh, the whole Zartan aspect of it. So Zartan's like the master of the skies kind of guy, right? And they had a cool explanation as to why he could be so convincing with like the nanotech and whatnot. But mm. they certainly should have had him flip back and forth. Yeah. When yeah. he can manipulate the face that fast to really get that effect. And like Jonathan Price is an amazing actor and and I didn't mind him in this. It was like quite the like the last thing I saw him in was like the two popes and he's playing Pope Benedict. <laughs> right. That's what I saw yeah. him in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was quite the change, but yeah, I don't know. Like I think the whole thing could have been so much more effective if you embrace the fact that Zartan is who Zartan is, right? And just have him flip back and forth, have things like he can't be in the sun. Um because that will reveal him kind of thing in the movie. And like, that was the coolest thing about that, that character and his action figure was that he turned blue when you put him in the sun. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. So there's like some cool stuff that you could do with that, but they didn't lean into it at all. He was just kind of like, Oh, I'm the evil version of you. Yeah. And yeah, it, like you said, it was a neat way to have that world domination story play out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just wasn't Cobra or G.I. Joe. It was... A little, a little something else. And yeah. it's like, what we're building towards is kind of another one of these I'm going to take over the world type thing. And this nuclear summit that they have at Fort Sumter and they bring all the world powers together and then they start <laughs> lobbing nukes at each other. That scene was ridiculous, man. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Dude, I, I kind of like the idea of like... This is how I'm going to get nuclear, uh, like, I'm going to stop nuclear proliferation and I'm going to just basically get to a point where there's no nukes. I'm going to have everyone fire them into space and then and then kill them all. Is there or, a self-destruct button on a nuke? I don't I'm, know. I'm assuming there would be. My I don't know fav- what the fallout would look like. but <laughs> My favorite was when he is like, I have enough nukes to destroy every one of your, your countries 14 times. And he's like, but in your case, North Korea... 15 times and you see the north korean dictator throw his hands up like what the hell why me? <laughs> it, <laughs> I, lost it on that part. I i it didn't bother me it was kind of an interesting scene like and i like saying instead of being like we're just gonna decide like let's just fire everything up and that's how we get rid of it all it's I get it. But my question is here for you guys i gotta ask before we get in kind of the last roadblock and the kind of joe fight scene where do they find the guys that are willingly through some giant satellite in the space, dropping these metal rods <laughs> and killing tens of millions of people? Like, where do these guys come from? Like, in <laughs> in the first one, they kind of said, oh, we eject them all with nanomites or whatever, and they make them bad. But, like, where's the guy that's, like, initiating the launch sequence to drop this rod on London? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, maybe I mean, maybe this is like my brain's turned on too much at this point, but I always think about that. Where are all these guys? Like, 
who brainwashed these dudes? <laughs> I don't know. My There's those proud was, boy guys down in the states. You can eh, probably yeah, yeah, all those people that don't wear masks. I don't know. Um, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> all up there. My my question guess. was like the Joe's plan was not to take effect until after London got destroyed. Like Storm Shadow couldn't have made a move before they destroyed the city of London. Like he was like, okay, now it London gives the movie stakes. Now's sunny. my time to strike. <laughs> Well, they did the same thing in the first one where they like, destroyed part of Paris and all that, but it gives it gives the movie some stakes. It, it, there's real-world implications <laughs> for what's going on here. It makes you fear for what is next. Are they going to destroy Russia? Are they going to destroy China? I, I, I don't disagree with the choice of it for the movie. It's It sucks for London because I saw a lot of sites that I visited when I lived over there. I was like, God damn, that, that's gone. <laughs> but No more London Eye. Yeah, no, no man, and I, I can't abide by the likes of Stubaka being wiped off the face of the earth. Just, he's gone. Like, sorry, right? Stu, yeah. man. No. You're out. <laughs> Thorpey, <laughs> too, man. Like, shoot. Yeah, Thorpey, yeah, he's yeah, out. Thorpey, like, just watching his darts, lay, and all like, of a sudden, this massive on. dart gets Yeah, man. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. How ironic. I wish it had made, like, a, a Cobra implant. Like, a, it should have been more... Because Cobra is all about the same way that uh, the Empire is and all this, right? They're all about making sure their logos on everything, marketing, branding's on point, branding. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> but let let's try it. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about this this final battle. So we got all this nuclear summit thing going on, kind of in the background, and at the same time we've got our our few Joes trying to penetrate this and get the deactivation codes or whatever it is that we need. It's very similar to the first one. Warheads deactivation codes, big metal rods deactivation codes. But this is kind of when we have, like, the big battle. We've got DJ in his tank, and we've got the rest of the the Joes doing run around their thing with John McClane doing the spinny thing in the car and all that. Let, let's let's sum this one up here mm-hmm. in a couple sentences from you. Well, what's the thought on kind of this final battle and and really how this whole movie hits its climax from an action standpoint. Yeah, man, that budget, that budget went dry right after that mountain scene. That's for <laughs> sure, man. That's for sure. I mean, um, yeah, like you have Storm Shadow again. I, I think I mentioned it a little before, but Storm Shadow, yeah, Storm Shadow takes out uh, the chameleon guy, right? At this point, at yeah, because the they like yeah. they link their that subplot where it was actually. Zartan that killed like the guy that he got blamed for that they right. created him and made him who he was type thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just feel like that was a battle that should have been done like within 2 seconds and then that whole thing where the other ninja kind of pops in there then they get taken down and the boxes. Yeah, the chameleon <laughs> thinks it's um thinks it's a uh, storm shadow and it's like, "Nope. Like it's not me." Like I just thought that was so ridiculous. Like, really? Um and then the rock fighting the guy that I really don't like, um, Firefly. Firefly, yeah. That and again, that's another battle that should have been ended pretty quick. But that, okay, but but what about that that gun battle? I kind of like that, like how they're like shooting the guns at each other at like close range. Oh yeah, yeah. It's almost like QC, like close quarters combat, but with guns, kind of. Like, yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, that was that's kind of cool. That's alright. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't that wasn't too too bad. It was just um. It's 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 so weird, right? Like the the movie like kind of downsizes in scale, at least from what I'm hearing from the first one. Yeah. Um, 
and with the battles, but then at the end we're getting like a big climactic battle. Like it should be, it should just feel like epic. And I just I didn't get that. I, I felt like that mountain, not because I like I like that mountain scene so much. I just felt like that almost feels like that should have been something towards the end. Like that mm-hmm. feels like that should have been going on like side by side. Like you know when you go in like Infinity War, yeah, you have everybody fighting on in Wakanda, and then you also got the people fighting on Titan. I think it's Titan. Um, yeah, yeah. So you got yeah. these these two massive battles going on back and forth. Like that feels grand and huge. And I, I mean, it's Infinity War with an Infinity budget. So I mean, I get it. <laughs> but um, I for here I just felt like, man, like these are the GI Joes. Like, shouldn't we be having like this a bigger grand battle? But it, well, and yeah. I think this is where them turning back the dial on mm-hmm. the Joes and their reach really hurt this end battle because you've got nuclear warheads firing above you've got these this rod machine project zeus or whatever and then you've got like three or four joes going after basically the united states military and cobra at the same time and so the scale of it feels very very small Mm -hmm. and it doesn't build in a way that maybe you want for this end battle but this is i think a common problem we see in a lot of these movies where that middle action scene is the best action scene Mm mm-hmm and the end one fails to live up to any sort of expectation that is set by the preceding, you know, in this case, the big wall fight scene, right? For and sure. I think the ninja stuff is better than than the military gun shooting punchy stuff, right? For sure, for like, sure. To me, that close quarter combat, like mm-hmm. the swords and all that, that stuff is more entertaining than kind of DJ in a tank just kind of blowing through everything, right? Definitely. Like the, it's just kind of guns and smoke at this point. Well, now, and I guess I, I guess that's kind of missing something. Like I guess even if it's not big, if it's like personal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't want to keep going to the MCU row, but like for instance, obviously you mentioned like the second battle, which was one of the the best battles of all time, the airport scene, right? I think everybody mm-hmm. agrees that's a that's a pretty cool battle. And then when we get to um, Tony and Cap fighting, yeah, maybe it's not everybody's favorite fight, but it's personal, and there's yeah. a lot at stake there, and you felt that weight. I wish we could have got, and I granted these other guys don't have that buildup of movies, but I just wish we could have got something a little more personal, I guess, between the two. Yeah, and, like, I think they try to go the personal route where each one pairs up against, like, The Rock kind of has his battle with Firefly that's been seated earlier, and you get Storm Shadow with the president, like you mentioned. But they never spend enough time on any of that to make it have any, like, Firefly should have been like you never see the Rock's wife. Maybe Firefly killed the Rock's wife. Yeah, exactly, or something like that. Right? Yeah. That that well, there's some that he killed Duke. Right? That was what. Yeah, that he was. Yeah, but he it was a bunch it. of airplanes. That, like it wasn't like it, it no, was. No, remember a like, kill. No, but he said D- yeah. Well, and DJ sees like the like Roblox sees the Firefly at the scene of the yeah. bombing and stuff and that was what went off and then oh but wasn't it like i'm a not saying jet? they did it well yeah okay <laughs> i was gonna say like i'm pretty sure it was a missile that rolled that car onto him like yeah. but like they maybe yeah. yeah i agree like to me that was just a sign it was cobra yeah but it they kind of shoehorned all this stuff in where it, it doesn't like i think that that roadblock firefly thing like if they had a, done something more with it like or had him kill Duke in a more personal way yeah. that built stakes as to why that mattered at the end of the film, it would have just elevated all of that. And, yeah. like, it, I agree with you. There's no personal stakes here. And they have this subplot with Lady J as well, with her father and all this, that doesn't really play out anywhere. And so any sort of emotional work that they do or that they attempt to do 
there's there's no payoff at the end and so like it's just basically like you know ray stevens is a bigger guy and so is the rock and so they pair up and fight right right and like the, to me it's just, there's not a whole bunch of payoff here sunny man like end battle here the payoff that we're talking about you know it, you know and i don't want to get too far into the negative aspect of this because like at the end of the day it is what it is right like i called it bullets and brawn and that's exactly what this end sequences here Mm -hmm. it's just maybe not as personal maybe as we wanted or it doesn't match that battle that we had seen before um to me i thought the cool thing was like seeing cobra take over the white house and then flying the cobra flags and like the the cobra banners like getting that uh branding on point i would have liked to see that actually like earlier on in the film i think it would have like built up the personal level as well as like oh man we got to get these guys it's like they take over the white house they're dead you know what i mean it's like if they were like out in the open instead of like being a secret and been like nah man we're cobra and we're we're cool like the one guy had like a cobra pin on his lapel like he's not hiding like just come out and be like yeah man we're cobra i thought that would have made it so much cooler if they're like cobra's taking over the white house and like then they're more on the run and stuff and then like they're doing like all the shady stuff and then, like, the big battle, I think, would have been, like, more climactic as opposed to, like, okay, we've taken over. Quick, throw our flags up. It's like, man, they had those flags on the ready early. Like, they had to, like, get those things made. And, like, they're being presumptuous by, first of all, going to It's all about branding with Cobra, man. We talked right? <laughs> Just in case. We got to get those flags ready. Um, so, like, to me, that was a cool part. But I would like to see more of that. Uh, the rest of the stuff, yeah, as you said, like, it wasn't quite blue beam in the sky. But it wasn't, like, anything that, like, if I had to, like, if someone's, like, quick, I want to see, like, the coolest two minutes of this movie, I'd be, like, yeah, it's a mountain fight scene. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't show them, like, anything from this end battle. I'd be, like, yeah, it was cool. Had some, like, a little bit of cool stuff here and there. But for the most part, just, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But it wasn't, like, anything, like, the end battle wasn't anything, like, knock your socks off kind of thing. Except for the that- cool Cobra branding for me. That was, that was the cool thing. Or when he flies off, when Cobra Commander flies off in his in his cool helicopter jet thing. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. Was, man, that guy, is, he just walks everywhere, too. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, I'm going to go to you on this one before we wrap this review up here and, and get your thoughts on this end battle and, and where we end up with, you know, the whole movie behind us now and what they've built to in here. You know, the, the title of the film is G.I. Joe Retaliation. I don't know which side the retaliation is coming from. Is it the Joe side or is it the Cobra side for what happened in the rise of Cobra? But does this live up? Like, does this end with retaliation? I guess I'm asking, like, does the title fit what you're seeing here in the end battle? And as we wrap up this film? Well, yeah, I I always kind of took it to be that Cobra was retaliating on Mm -hmm. GI Joe and the rest of the world kind of thing. So I guess they retaliated, but, uh, Yeah, like, you know what? It actually really reminded me of the end battle of the first X-Men movie, where it's just oh, like, yeah. we don't we don't have a ton of money. We just got, like, these corners surrounding Ellis Island, so let's just shoot <laughs> here and there and, and get in what we can. And, like, it was, like, little things like the helicopter or seeing Cobra deploy the Hiss tanks mm-hmm. and uh, Roadblock and what I think was supposed to be their version of the Armandillo tank and stuff. That stuff was cool to me, but it all very much felt like we ran out of money. 
we got to tie this off. Let's just get a wrapped as let's get to the uh, third movie and get a new budget. Yeah. As quick and dirty as possible kind of thing. Right. And like the fight between Firefly and Roblox was, it was kind of painful to be honest with you. And like the timing was all off for like the <laughs> countdown going. So yeah, it was uh... magnified the awkwardness of it for me. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's funny you say that because all I can think about, like as the clock's going down, I was like, that briefcase ain't open fast enough for him to hit abort on this. Like, yeah. it's yeah. got to fold out, and the screen's got to come totally. up. And <laughs> yeah. Yo, it's good totally. Wi-Fi too, right? Like, I can't even get to Amazon that quick, and I'm on Earth, let alone <laughs> getting the signal up to there to, to the <laughs> spaceship or to the satellite dish. Yeah, and abort. then. Uh... Well, and why did it blow up when he hit the abort button? I, I thought the same thing. I was like, let's see if why would, why like would it's Cobra like this... put in a blow up button on their <laughs> How would he know about it? Yeah. Good thing he didn't yeah, hit like, the it... extra fast button. Yeah. It, Just... it was interesting. It served a purpose, but it was kind of... It... And it's like, to be honest with you, stuff like that is just to make sure there's a pace to the movie, right? Yeah. Like, we need to get somewhere by this time, and we have to do these things by you know, X, Y, and Z type thing. It's like, it just puts a timer on the movie saying like, we got to do this really quick. Otherwise like this battle could just go forever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like once Bruce Willis comes on the scene, that whole movie comes undone for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it does. It... Mo, Cause they need a Sergeant Slaughter. I tell you what, Sergeant Slaughter was going to be the original Joe. He should have been, they should have brought him back. Right. Right. Uh, Man, get the WWF coin? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, guys, let, let's wrap this one up here. We're, we're just going to talk about just one quick sentence or two wrapping up your thoughts on this film, and then maybe we'll just touch on, on what's next for the Joes here. So, Sonny Man, final thoughts on the film here. Final thoughts? You know, I ragged on this film quite a bit, made fun of it, but honestly, I had a blast with this film. It was a ton of fun. You just These are the kind of films I miss seeing in theaters is you just go in, shut your brain off, Get a big bowl of popcorn and just veg out and watch like an awesome action scenes and just like mindless fun. For me, that's that's kind of what I'm missing. Uh, part of what I'm missing with theaters no longer uh, being able to go to them and new movies. So for me, this was kind of like a nice like it came in at a nice time. If I had watched this film maybe two years ago, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have been as like happy happy with it. Um, but watching it now in in 2020. I had a blast. It was fun. And um, if you haven't seen it before, highly recommend you check it out. Um, I'm giving this one, I don't even know if we're doing ratings, but I give this one like a solid six and a half out of 10. Um, for me, I, I'd say go see it. There it is. What about you, Troy, man? What are your final thoughts on uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation? Yeah, being late to the game, man, and not really knowing much about the property, it's uh... – it's it's kind of it's kind of whack for me. It's it's not it's not <laughs> it's just it's not all there. Um, you know, I want to go see an action movie. I there's 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 way more out there that I could see. I could turn my brain off with other franchises and still get a little bit more out of it. Um, I feel like you know when you're you're watching an action movie, the strength should be at least the action, and it and it's not here except for that mountain scene. Um, there's nothing really funny because that seems to be the new thing too, right? The trends with action movies, you got to have some kind of humor, some kind of comedy, and they they fail on that end too. Um, special effects aren't the worst, but um, nothing to really talk about. I feel like this would be probably better suited for a TV series. I think there's potential there. Um, I want to see. I just want to see more of a team. I just didn't really get that whole team effort out of the Joes. Um, 
so yeah, man, uh, just like I said, being an outsider, not really knowing much about the property, I can't really recommend this because it just nothing really gelled. Nothing made me want to come back apart from actually Snake Eyes. I will admit, mm-hmm. if, you know, if they do hit you with a Snake Eyes movie, which is, I guess you guys were mentioning before that that is out and done. It's just not out in theaters um, due to world events. But yeah, Snake Eyes for me is the standout. I think that it's definitely something that would make me go and be like, yeah, I'll go back and watch it just for this character and uh, and Storm Shadow as well. I yeah. got it right finally. So um, <laughs> that that's about it for me. I, I won't I won't bother ranking it. I just I just can't recommend it for not yeah. being a Joe fan. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Carlos, let's bring that perspective to the table here, man. Yeah, man. It's it's not everything I would want out of a GI Joe movie, but it did have. It did play enough of those nostalgic chords that it was a worthwhile endeavor for me. Like, if I had to go buy the movie, I might not have enjoyed it as much. But as a free viewing on Amazon Prime Video, it was uh, perfect. It was perfect. The price was right. It was it was fine. It, it is what it is. Honestly, it's no better or worse than most of the Transformers movies or like the Ninja Turtles movies or the last Power Rangers movie. It just, it's well, like the last Power the, Rangers movie is gold, man. That, that's, that's a really good film. Yeah. 10 minutes of it. The rest <laughs> of it is boring. AF. You just, but, you're uh, just born in the wrong era, man. Like you're just <laughs> hating on all these 90 things. No. Born in the wrong era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not I like don't he's know. like seventy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I, yeah, and they, I agree with no. you, man. Like, <laughs> it, ultimately, this thing—it's uh, for me. It is exactly what is advertised, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I don't think it, it tries to be anything more than a GI Joe movie. Somewhat. It's a more of a military movie and with some G.I. Joe nostalgia to kind of tossed in to, to provide a little color around the edges of it. it. It's an early DJ movie. He's punchy, punchy, bronze and bullets. I've said it a couple times already. It is what it is. I think that this was meant to be that soft reboot where they pull apart the Joes and they start to rebuild it for what was meant to be a third film that just never happened. And so I think this suffered a bit from moving away from the rise of Cobra. And this is very much an improvement, I think from the rise of Cobra, um, both from an IP perspective and a film perspective, but it just has so much tearing down to do. It pulls some weird things through and it's trying to basically tear apart the foundation and rebuild something. And the film suffers from that. And I think if we had moved on to a third film, maybe we would got like the actual GI Joe film, that we are looking for or something a bit more closer to it as we progress through here. So rise of Cobra went one way. This tried to course correct the bit, but it only had an hour and 45 minutes to do it. And I just never think it really got there. So, you know, I, it's not a bad movie. It's a, it is what it is. Like it's, it never tries to be anything more. And I can't mm-hmm. repeat myself again on that one. So it, I, like Carl said, it's, it's fine for the price of it. Which is free on Amazon Prime. I paid three ninety nine today for the Rise of Cobra, by the way. Just you could to have do borrowed a bit it from me. I wouldn't have even charged you a late fee. It would have, have taken me three hours to go get it. At least just so I could watch it half of my lunchtime here. So anyway. Cost you more in gas to drive to Sunjay's house. It would have. <laughs> Anyways, that wraps it up for G.I. Joe the Re- in 
not end the retaliation, but G.I. Joe retaliation here, guys. Let's quickly touch on what's next here. This franchise, it's got some growth to do. It's got some room to move. Hasbro wants to progress this thing, it looks like. We got Snake Eyes coming out here October 22nd, 2021. This seems like the right step for them. I think we can all agree unanimously that Snake Eyes and that whole subplot was by far the best thing in this film. And I'm excited for what comes next. Like, are you guys excited? Sonny, are you excited for what comes next for the Joe franchise here? Yeah, man. I'll be there for Snake Eyes. Um, but what I really want is to see, like, a Hasbro Infinity War. I want to see the G.I. Joes team up with the Transformers, team up with the Ninja Turtles, and just have, like, a crazy movie. Because I think, like, all three of these films, franchises, would fit together really well, surprisingly. So that's, like, my hope for the future. I don't know if we'll ever get there. But man, that would be cool. So, but uh, but I'll see Snake Eyes. Put it into you know. the universe, man. Put it into the universe. I put now, it into the ether. It's gonna get made now. Yeah, <laughs> Troy. This is this Snake Eyes film and where yeah. they're going with this franchise. It's a prequel esque mm. film, not a prequel to this franchise or what's been established. I think, but it's going back and telling somewhat of an origin story, a la the Wolverine Origins type of thing. Let's mm. go back and and tell a story of a character that people are familiar with, but we're gonna basically reboot the whole thing. Is this something that, that intrigues you? Oh, definitely. 100%. I mean, they already nailed the costume this time around. And um, the fight choreography, which wasn't horrible, but I could only imagine being a lot better this day and age. And it's an origin story. So for like a mysterious character like Snake Eyes, I'm totally on board with that. Like, I'll give that a shot. But if it yeah. sucks, if it sucks, I'm out. That's it for yeah, me. That's no it. I'm out. For me. <laughs> I'm out. I like that, man. That's a firm line in the sand there for Troy. <laughs> Carlos, man, are you putting that type of a line here? Snake Eyes is your dude? It's uh, the what we can say is the goddamn Batman of the, the Joe franchise here for sure. Yeah, I'll tell you this much, though. That movie is not coming out October 21st, 2021 because of the goddamn Batman. Because oh, yeah. they've got to be crazy if they're going to go up against the Matt Reeves well Batman movie. <laughs> Well, which but, one would uh, you go to in theaters? Oh God, I wouldn't even Batman pick up the, Yeah, I wouldn't even pick up the tribute magazine with Snake Eyes on it. Man. <laughs> oh, I thought we were gonna do a double feature that day. <laughs> yeah, seeing the Batman twice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like kind of like I said before we we got on air. My big worry with this movie is the actor Henry Golding is a charming actor and a handsome man. And Snake Eyes is a guy who is mute and never takes off his mask. So I, I just kind of worry that they're going to move away from that and um, kind of lose that whole monk aspect of Snake Eyes where he plays off of the characters around him kind of thing to give um, Henry Golding a chance to be Henry Golding kind of thing as we often see the case with superhero characters that have big money casting like it'd be like stallone as judge dread right you have a character who's infinite infamous for never taking off his mask second scene of the movie no mask for the rest (laughs) of the movie type right so um yeah that that kind of be my only like uh, concern i use the word loosely kind of thing but yeah if he's into it and i don't know if he's like martial artist guy and that's what he wants to just showcase um that's cool too, but uh, yeah, I like. I'll be there for it. I might not get around to it until November, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go check out Snake Eyes for sure. But yeah. I agree with Troy. This is like they can't face plant three times with GI Joe movies and expect people to keep coming back. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be. I think, like like I said, it's that line in the sand for for the franchise, and they got to clear that and do a bit of work to to improve this. And I think this is a character that they can do it with. It's mm-hmm. going to be Snake Eyes. It's not going to be GI Joe, but it's going to be an element of GI Joe that they can maybe build on in the future. So, hopefully, exciting things for the future of this franchise. But guys, that wraps it up for us for this week. GI Joe Retaliation. That's our I think third or fourth retro review that we've done this year we're going to continue doing this until we get real movies back in the theaters which looks like it could be quite some time maybe one woman who knows but we will see that is coming potentially in december here but we got more exciting things to get to before then guys mandalorian season two dropping on disney plus in just a week and a half time and we're going to be back next week guys with our mandalorian prelude season two prelude talking trailers predictions anticipation levels for what is going to be the star wars event of the year very excited for that guys excited to talk more about that that new hot toy troy's yeah, got man. sitting over there guys he's yeah. gonna have some pictures up on twitter pictures up on instagram so go check that out over at the nerd rm you can also find everything that we do over the nerdroom.net you can email us if you want to be a bigger part of the show at the nerdroom.com that is wrong it's the nerd rm at gmail.com you can find us there there's a lot of nerd room stuff to think about man rookie Rookie. i do this all the time hey guys i promised to put the music in at the end of the episode this week i did forget to do that last week it was a late record and i never really fixed it but thanks to those that stuck around for the sunjay stinger (laughs) quite a few people got that guys everything else twitter yeah, you, I was high it. on go, peyote. I don't even remember anything go, that episode. Go listen to the end of the episode. What a thing to put into the universe. <laughs> Man, I'm not taking that out. Guys, Twitter, that's where you can find us. Everything that we do, we're always kicking around there. And don't forget this Friday, live stream, get vocal, come interact with us, talk some toys, holy grail toys, and see some of the stuff that we've picked up recently that fits nicely into that. And uh, let us know what you guys are looking for. What is the thing? for you could be small could be big doesn't have to be expensive just has to be something that you want that you need to get anyways guys with all that being said for the nerd room i'm tim i'm troy oh sorry i was being snake eyes there (laughs) i guess oh man i was gonna do the same joke wow that's so funny (laughs) sunny he's also snake eyes (laughs) thank you guys very much for entering the nerd room <laughs> this has been a nerd room podcast production you can find our hosts tim troy sanjay and carlos on twitter at the nerd rm troy the boy 87 sanjabi and cdn caped crusade r for more content from the nerd room check out the nerdroom.net and don't forget to subscribe to the nerd room on itunes podbean spotify or wherever you plug in use the hashtag we the nerd to keep up with the latest from the nerd room on instagram and twitter